Hello, my name is Joe Rodriguez, and let's get the money right with Todd Butzer. Todd has decades of experience in getting real estate agents the training and resources they need to get their finances on track. In this episode, Todd will be speaking with Brandon Green, founder of Alchemy of Money, about the process and importance of understanding your finances. And now, here's Todd. All right, thanks, Joe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of Get the Money Right. And again, a big shout out to everybody for having us crack the top 30 podcasts. We're so grateful for all of you sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. I'm really excited about today's discussion, and I think it's going to be a great learning opportunity for all of us. This is a colleague of mine who is highly respected in our company, and he's done some great, great work with agents and their financial well-being and their wealth building. And we're going to have him talk a little bit about that today as well. So uh, please welcome everybody, our good friend, Brandon Green. Brandon, welcome. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. Very nice to have this conversation, a shared area of passion for sure. Yeah, you've been on my list to talk to for quite some time, and I'm really looking forward to this. So Brandon, for our listeners today, talk to us a little bit about what you do right now. What's your career? Yeah, so I today, I am the CEO of a company called Alchemy of Money, and that is financial services and financial coaching together in one. So we handle all of the back-end financial needs for real estate agents and teams across the country, such as bookkeeping, tax, payroll, you know, all that kind of good stuff that I know we're about to dive into a little bit here and how all that relates to wealth building. So that that is what I'm doing now. And it's well informed from about 20 years of work in the real estate business. So what got you into this part of it? Yeah. So it's actually a quite a fascinating story. I'll kind of back up a little bit. So I was born in Wyoming, grew up in Iowa, and in the late 90s decided I wanted to move to the East Coast to kind of set my own path and ended up in a sales position that was okay, but not, you know, wasn't something I was super excited about. So late one night, I saw an infomercial on how to buy real estate with no money down. And I thought, well, this is fabulous because I don't have any money to put down. So uh, let me see what I could do here. And I bought a foreclosure on Capitol Hill in the year 2000 using an FHA 203k renovation loan, borrowing $1,000 from my only friend. And I renovated it, sold it, made like $40,000. And I thought, woohoo, like, this is so easy. I'm brilliant. And, and my real estate agent, who was fantastic agent in the business said two things. She goes, first, I think you would enjoy the real estate business. Second, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. I think you may have just gotten more lucky than anything else. <laughs> Love that. Okay. And as you really moved into the expertise around money, what was the catalyst of that? How did that get started? So the first few years of my real estate practice as an agent selling houses, I did 12 million, 25 million, and then 30 million. In year three, I said to myself, I think I need to file taxes, maybe. <laughs> so, you know, by then I had, you know, 700 some thousand dollars in GCI and I hadn't put any money in any tax account. And my tax accountant that I'd hired on a fly called me one day and said, hey, can't seem to find your quarterlies here. Like what's going on? And I didn't even know what quarterlies were. So I started in the business on the top of the leaderboard and in tax debt. And it took me many years to figure out what skills I needed to acquire 
to manage wealth. I mean, I, I realized I could make money. Like I seem to have a natural skill set for that, but I did not have the skills to save money or invest money or manage my taxes, any of that. So I come to what I do today from a long multi-year journey to learn all this stuff as a scrappy entrepreneur and, and to go through all the pain associated with that and come out on the other end and say, I want to help other people that you know, are either having those challenges or, or maybe not having those challenges, but not sure how to take advantage of the great opportunities that the cash generation of our, of our businesses will afford if we do it right. I love this because I think sometimes our greatest learning comes from, you know, someone who's already been through it and then made the necessary moves to conquer it, uh, move forward. So, as you look at the industry today, and you work with a lot of agents, and you see some of the challenges that they have, and I know that you just spoke at a major real estate conference, and you talked about kind of the next step of this beyond just getting the money right, but you move toward actually wealth building, which we both in our world that we're in, we both see agents that that are continuing to struggle even in their later years because they have not taken steps to build wealth. So as you hear me talk about that, what goes through your brain in terms of if we could lump some an agent into the block of they're really good at making money, but they have not yet taken advantage of the great opportunity of building wealth, where do they start, Brandon? What should they be doing? Well, first I would say, Fantastic and being able to make money. And that is a skill set in and of itself. And it is certainly the first step. Like it's difficult to create any wealth if you're not good at making money. So we're going to assume for a minute you're good at that. And then the question becomes what are the distinct differences between making money and building wealth? What are the skill sets that translate or don't? And how do I start to build those up? So let me give you some examples. So one of the skill sets in wealth creation that is the same as building cash creation on the sales team is the ability to build a team. So if you're going to generate a lot of revenue and sales, you need to have a team, either a team within your organization, like operations folks and buyer agents, or even just like a home inspector, a title attorney, a loan officer. And you've probably gotten really good at that. The question, though, is are you translating those team building skills to the building of your financial team and getting a great attorney, a great financial planner, a great mentor, a, a CPA, a bookkeeper? So sometimes what we'll see is agents who are great at generating income but fall short on generating wealth. One area that may need some focus is they're not as attentive to the building of that financial team as they are to the building of their sales team. So if you can build a sales team, you can build a financial team, but you have to focus on it and put as much time and energy and effort into that as you may have in hiring your rock star director of operations or your best buyer agent. So that's one of the areas that's very similar. Now, there are a couple areas that are very different. So one area I'll highlight is that's very different is in the building of great cash, you have to generally be fairly impatient right? We know we got to like get the deal done. Like what's the pipeline? Who did I follow up with today? How many calls did I make? What, da, 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 da. Like there's a cadence and you got to be pretty impatient. You know, if you just patiently wait for your clients to call or prospective clients to call, it generally doesn't work out so well. On wealth creation, however, you have to be very patient and take a real long-term view. And so I discovered 
as I was working through my challenges that I had to be impatient in my cash creation and patient in my wealth creation. And I'm not a particularly patient guy. And that was a real challenge for me to figure out how to deploy patience as an impatient person in a space that demands it. Talk to anybody who's created a lot of wealth. They're not going to say that, you know, it was really, really fast. Like, you know, it takes time. And that's very much a different way of being and a different skill set. So real quick on that, I absolutely love the patient-inpatient analogy you just made. On that note, let's say that I'm in my early 60s and I've been selling real estate for a long time. I've owed the IRS. I'm a little upside down here. I've not yet set much money aside in any kind of retirement plans or anything like that. And you're suggesting patience. And I'm looking around saying how much time, you know, I started late kind of thing. What? And we've had a certified financial planner on before and talking about the advantage of time and investments and so on. But what advice would you give me so that I don't just, you know, stick my head in the sand and say, well, there's not much I can do. What would you counsel me on there? I would say, or I'd ask, do you think you have five years? So you don't need 20. You probably need five to really make a difference in wealth. And I hope at 60, you have five years <laughs> and a whole lot more than that. And someone I might point to that is a great example for all of us is Warren Buffett. There's a graph that shows that the percentage of wealth he made after, I think it was 70 possibly, or 65, he's made, and I'll get this number wrong, but it's close, something like 70 or 80% of his current net worth was made after he was 65. So time does wonders, both in terms of your wisdom, but you don't necessarily need as much as you think you do to great create great wealth. So that the whole five-year time frame is what I think about in terms of creating big step changes in my financial world. And we know that if you just look back the last five years, like life changes dramatically. So, but you gotta get started, right? And so starting today, the clock starts ticking on your five years versus continuing to postpone it for another year or six months. Okay, great. So now we've had this patient inpatient kind of awareness, if you will. What's next, Brandon? Let's assume now you've got great cash. You're getting good mindset around the skill set change. Let's also assume that you figured out how to manage your taxes, right? Which is certainly a big bucket. And you're like, I've got now some cash to do something with it. What do I do? One of the best exercises to figure that out is to list all of the different things you could invest in. So, you know, there's about a dozen truly, right? You've got public equities, you know, you've got real estate, you could invest in commodities, you could invest in art, you could invest in life insurance and new finance and, you know, and so on and so forth. There's only about a dozen, venture capital, whatever. Put together a long list of these are all the things that are investable, and then come up with some criteria, and I'll give you some of my thoughts on how you decide what you may want to deploy into. So the best investors out there we know are pretty focused. They're not spreading a little bit of money across all of those different investable options. They figured out diversification, certainly, but diversification is not the same as I'm just going to willy-nilly put five grand, 10 grand, 50 grand across 12 different investment verticals. Instead, they're like, I'm going to choose probably no more than two <laughs> and be incredible at those two, either through a key relationship who's managing it for me, or since we're in real estate, 
through my expertise and relationships. So I'll give you an example of one criteria you might consider. How much money you have to invest determines a lot of what you have access to. So if you've got 10 grand to invest, then you know you could certainly deploy into the public equities markets, but you're probably not going to be able to buy an investment property yet, right? You're not going to get into venture capital, you know, but you could potentially partner with someone. So like how much you have is a deciding criteria for where you deploy and build a strategy. So I see agents often spin around this idea of what's my wealth building strategy? What's my wealth building strategy? And I say, look, list all your options and figure out what your criteria is to decide, which is probably how much money you have, what you have access to, and what your time frame is. And that is very likely to limit the list down to two, maybe three options. And if we assume one is real estate, because we're in the real estate business, then you get to pick one more on the board and that's it. I mean, back to our Warren Buffett guy, like he would say, forget all that nonsense and just put all your money in the S&P 500 because it's going to perform better over a period of time than any of this other tricky stuff you might want to do. So I think we overthink it a lot. If you just buy one piece of real estate as an investment property a year for the next 10 years and you put a little bit of money in your boring 401k, you're going to be wildly wealthy <laughs> and you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. So I think we overthink it, Todd, and as we're developing this investment plan, and we need to focus and not get distracted by all the new ideas that are on Twitter. I totally agree. Totally agree. Love how you said that, Brandon. So one of the things I see a lot, I'd love to get your input on this, is we have associates who do get excited about wealth building. They do get excited about those opportunities, yet personally, they're financially upside down. Now, they might have some cash in the bank, but they may be so highly leveraged. When an agent comes to you or is coaching through you or whatever, and they say they're in that kind of a scenario, what tips and advice do you have for them? Yeah. Well, I always say, look, building wealth is a sequential journey, both in your mindset, but also tactically. And you have to build from the bottom up before that's going to be sustainable for you. So what does that mean? Well, the first is you've got to make sure that your data, all your financial data, in and outs, up and down, is organized, bookkeeping predominantly, right? Then you've got to be able to interpret that data to know what it's telling you and how much you actually have in there is how much reserves you should have. And then you can go to the next thing, which is figuring out what are my opportunities, but you've got to be managing debt and cash. So I do see a lot of folks that zoom too far on the wealth building paradigm and invest $10,000 in a life insurance product. But meanwhile, they have a month of cash reserves and are about a year behind on taxes. And I get it. It's a natural tendency to want to speed up or get a shortcut to things you perceive as uh, failings of the past, like, oh, I got to make up time here. But inevitably, if you haven't built up the foundation of cash reserves and data management and tax management, you will end up having to get access probably to that 10 grand <laughs> to pay your taxes. So I always try to back people all the way up to the beginning and say, how do we make sure that you're financial systems, your financial data, your cash reserves, and your taxes are well organized before we deploy any money into an investment. All right. And I'm sure you run into this too. So if I'm 
messy in this area. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person, by the way. I just haven't spent a lot of time focusing on this. And I hear from you that I should be focusing on, you know, interpreting the data and all this. And I'm thinking, man, I, I don't even know if I could print the PL right now. I'm just kind of messy that way. And this seems kind of overwhelming to me. And you and I both know know those folks. So what, as we back this down, where do we start? For those that are saying, this just seems like it's a monumental task. And frankly, if I've got some money in my checking account, I'm, I feel okay. Where do we start? Well, first I would say, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> I had no financial training, no business degree. I didn't even go to college. And I learned it, right? And I actually, because I was in debt, I had a financial mentor who popped me in the nose one day and he said, look, I appreciate your big goals, your aspirations and ambitions, but until you change your mindset about what you think you can learn, you're not going to get them. Nobody who speaks to the level of wealth you want to achieves it without having some baseline financial management skills. And you got to get your act together. And I was like, oh, so the first I say, hey, I can get my act together. You can get your act together. <laughs> the second is, look, we do need to delegate a lot of this work to financial professionals like bookkeepers and CPAs and financial planners, but we can't delegate the understanding of it. Totally agree. The deal I made with my professionals at the time is I said, look, Mr. CPA, I need you not just to do my taxes. I need you to teach me what in the world they say. And so I need you to be patient with me because I'm going to keep stopping the train for years here. I still do it today. I know you've explained it 16 times, but can you re-explain again the depreciation schedule and how you came up with, like, whatever. And so you say, look, I need the services, but I also need the coaching, and I'm going to create a deal around that. And you build the skill set over time. But as to, like, where to start, you have to start with getting a good profit and loss statement organized, created, and produced for you. And you've got to start with the skill set of being able to read it. And that's a couple-hour class really, will give you an enormous amount of insight of how to both manage your bookkeeper and tax advisor better, and also then figure out what all those numbers are telling you. So it can be overwhelming, but you start with saying, I'm going to master the profit and loss statement. Then from there, I'm going to have a million things I can do, and I can do it. If I'm successful in real estate, I can be successful in managing my business finances. That's just fantastic. So you must have some stories, Brandon, of people that, well, even like yourself, or like I've talked to the group about myself early in the business too, I was messy, but you must have some stories of people that have done exactly what you said. They understood they were in a hole financially, essentially, and they said, you know what, I can fix this. They've made specific steps. And what kind of changes have you witnessed in people when they decided to really, you know, to tag onto our show here, get the money right? But what changes have you seen? Well, first, it's empowering when you choose to learn the skills associated with it. Because you're like, I can do it. And what's interesting about it is I'm not aware of really anyone, now that I think about it, who is succeeding at a high level financially in this business who didn't have some degree of these challenges. I think it's just part of our process. We don't come to this business with these skills or this orientation. So we have to learn it one way or the other. And unfortunately, we don't learn usually by succeeding. We learn by failing, <laughs> right? So that 
is an empowering thought that you're not alone. You can do it. Many others have done it. As a matter of fact, pretty well everybody who's succeeding at a high level has figured out that path one way or the other. And then you got to figure out what is my immediate next step. And it probably has something to do with getting your data organized from a bookkeeping standpoint and or getting your taxes current. Probably there's your very first step. I mean, it is a you know, an elephant in the room in our business that a very large percentage of our industry is behind on taxes, in some cases significantly. And we got to deal with that and figure that out and get better at that. Those are generally the two places to start. And once you get that right, then things open up for you and you can sleep better at night. And then, you know, wealth creation becomes something that's tangibly possible, not just intellectually interesting. Right. So if someone wants to reach out to you and tap into your expertise, how do they do it? Yeah, absolutely. So so you can certainly visit our website to go to alchemyofmoney.co. That's alchemyofmoney.co. If you'd like to be a little bit more direct about it, then I've got a tech setup for you. I've got a bunch of downloadables, including different documents and, and so forth that I would love to offer to your listeners to get access to that. You would text AOM, as in alchemy of money, AOM to 66866. So if you text AOM to 66866, it'll ask you for your name and email address, then we'll send you some free downloadables And then it'll also give you an opportunity if you wanted to actually book a call with me to discuss this in greater detail. So a couple of freebies for you. One, just go to the website if you want, or if you're like, no, I'm kind of interested. I've got like wealth building tools and spreadsheets and all kinds of stuff that might be fun to look through and text AOM to 66866 and we'll take care of you. Brandon, I can't thank you enough for the time today. You've given me a lot of great advice, so I really appreciate uh, your thoughts on this and and I appreciate what you're doing for the industry because we know there's a gap here, there's a, a need And I think those needs are best filled by people like you that have been on both sides of this equation. So, Brandon Green, thank you so much for joining us. Todd, thank you for having me. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Get the Money Right. Stay up to date on the latest and get the money right. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn, and be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to support the show, please leave a five-star review and share with your friends. If you're a real estate agent who's getting their money right and want to be guests on the show, please submit all inquiries to getthemoneyright.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day.